Now, back to the Pete McMurray Show. Here's Pete and Lisa. I told my friends we were having Joan Collins on the show, and they all said the same thing. Hottest woman of all time, dynasty, playboy, best-selling author. Joan Collins' new book is entitled Behind the Shoulder Pads, Tales I Tell My Friends. Let's welcome in the legend, Joan Collins. How are you? I'm okay, fine. Just getting over a cold because we're in London. Joan, you've appeared in over 70 films, hundreds of TV shows, dozens of plays. You're a best-selling author of, you have 19 books out. I'd love that you embrace the shoulder pads of the 80s with Dynasty. You know, here's the thing. Shoulder pads were not just a fad from the 80s. Shoulder pads have been around since the 16th century, you know, Shoulders were always a big feature. All of our ancestors, all Victorian, 18th century, and and then particularly during the time of Joan Crawford and all of those wonderful actresses from the 1940s, they they just made an impact on Dynasty. And I still wear them. I just went to a store today to try and get some shoulder pads to put into a jacket that didn't have big enough shoulders. Because I think it really makes the silhouette very good. (laughs) Not only does it make the silhouette good, but I feel like it's a power accessory because now we're getting a woman can have broader shoulders like a man. And you feel like you can walk in a room and kind of, you know, how you shoulder check someone to assert dominance, you stand like a better chance of kind of holding your ground. Wow, that's a that that's a good analogy. I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never thought of it in that way. What I did think of was that one of my best features is my shoulders. So, you know, we always know what's our best features. Some people mm-hmm. it's their hair, some people it's their legs, some people it's their hands. So I think mine is my shoulders. So um, I've always tried to kind of put the emphasis on that. I wear a lot of off-the-shoulders um, dresses and yeah. things, but I do like the look that it gives you. But I do think it became ludicrously embarrassing, <laughs> the shoulder pads in the 80s. People were putting them in T-shirts. They People got exaggerated, them. yes. It became, it became a sort of a joke. And so my tongue-in-cheek joke, in a way, is my book, Behind the Shoulder Pads, which is kind of a riff on the shoulder pads. Joan, that's why we're having you on, is to tell us about this. But in the 80s, I want to go back to the shoulder pads for a second. If I meet Joan Collins in real life today, I want to see shoulder pads. But you and Linda Evans brought back the shoulder pads in the 80s, and the 80s ran with it. They did. That is true. But that wasn't the only thing. You know, I think if you look at Dynasty now, you will see a very good show with very good looking people. Everybody was good looking. I mean, even the people who played the maids and the butlers were good looking. I think that was (laughs) one of the things. And I think the other thing is everybody more or less was rich. And I think that the public loved to see rich people having a lot of problems. And they did have a lot of problems, you know? I mean, everything was dramas and all kinds of really, uh, you know, crazy things that would happen. Well, let me tell you about my book, because it's called Behind the Shoulder Pads. And I'm talking about, you know, really 
memorable moments and incidents and funny stories from my life, which has been rather eclectic and in and out of the limelight. And, and also my journey, you know, from being a 20-year-old coming to Hollywood, knowing nobody, going under contract to Holly in, in 20th Century Fox, you know, to having a fabulous house in Saint-Tropez and write, you know, I also write about the death of my sister, Jackie, Jackie mm -hmm. Collins, and very how upset author, I was yeah. with her. I'm sure you read her books. You know, she was a very prolific and good writer. Yes. And basically talking about relationships and my husband, Percy, and it is filled with a lot of name dropping, which you could say, <laughs> but they were all people that I worked with. Sure. Or knew yeah. very well. You know, Elizabeth Taylor, Michael Caine, Shirley MacLaine, all of these people I worked with, or I, Marlon Brando, or I was very good friends with. So anyway, it's a, it's a very fun book that you don't have to read from beginning to end because you can, you know, jump around because there's all different chapters, all different things. Mm -hmm. So um, that's that's it, really. <laughs> when you when you go back and write a book like this, that is examining your own life and digging up all these old stories, do you start to view the events in the past in a different way? Like at the time, this made me so mad, but now that I see it thirty or forty years later, I realize it wasn't a big deal or it was just a misunderstanding. Well, not really, because I don't. If I get mad about something, which I don't very often, I get over it within 24 hours. I <gasps> might vent. I might be angry. I might have it out with whomever it is, whether it's my sister, one of my children, or a close friend. But I don't bear grudges. And so I don't think about things that could have been. Wow. I really am. Um, I'm quite a down-to-earth person, which... You know, people don't really think about because they associate me so much with, you know, with Lexus, uh, yeah, yes, and, yes. and being uh, the vicious manipulator, which of course she was, and right. that I believe in uh, in just burying myself in a role and becoming the role. That's what I. That's what I did. <laughs> We're but I mean, with... I also played, you know, a saintly missionary worker in Star Trek. People don't yes. think of me as a saintly missionary or a no. nun in Sea Wife. So I have played a variety of roles, but the one I played for the longest, of course, was Alexis. Of course. We're talking with Dame Joan Collins. Her new book is entitled Behind the Shoulder Pads. I just want to let people know that weren't around at the time or were Lisa's age at the time and don't remember Dynasty. May 15th, Joan, 1985, the show's fifth season finale. Terrorists came in the church. They shot everybody up. It looked like everyone was dead. We didn't know who was dead or alive. 25 million households tuned in to see that finale that year. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. I know. It was amazing. That was the year that I played hooky because I had wanted more money and the studio were refusing <laughs> to give it to me. Well, this was the time when John Forsyth, who was our leading man, was getting almost twice as much as Linda and me. And quite frankly, I thought it was wrong. And it is wrong. Yeah. So that I stuck more money. I said it in a very nice way. They didn't take any notice of me. They basically said, you're a woman and he's a man. We're going back 
30 years here. Crazy. And I said, right. So off I went to the south of France and said, I'm not coming back until you give me more money. And guess what? They did. They delivered. And they delivered and they brought me almost up to par with John Forsyth. Of course, he always had in his contract that he had to have a bit more than the women. But these were the days when the, the man was the, uh, you know, the boss. And since the, the studios were 90% run by men, that's the way it is. They didn't. Right. That's where the money you know, was. Women were, actresses particularly, were a bit far down on the totem pole. Mm-hmm. And so, yet you uh, knew somehow at that time that your worth and your value in that show was worth more money. I think it's so easy to be stuck in these institutional roles and just say, well, I'm a woman. I can't ask for more. But you were able to see outside that box that they were putting everyone in and say, no, screw you. This is rigged and I'm going to I'm not going to stand for it. I remember when I came into the business into Hollywood. Well, I'd been in the started in the business when I was 17 as an actress. And it was very much, hey, little girl. And, you know, once I said, I yelled to one of the grips, one of the, uh, the who's referring to, let's move the girl over here. I said, would you mind not calling me the girl? Yeah. My name is Joan. Please call me Joan. And they all laughed at me. All of the men, you know, all of the men and the they very much like to demean you, but I always stuck up for myself. I mean, I had, you know, classical theater training at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art. So I I knew quite a bit about acting and producing a good performance and everything that, you know, not everything, but I, I was grounded enough to say to the director, in Dynasty, for example, or other things. No, I don't think that I should come in and go straight to the chair and sit down. I want to come in and stand at the door and say my first line. And he said, with the, he was there, but I don't think that's right. I said, well, I think it is. I think that's what she would do. And they would stomp away, raising their eyebrows and rolling their eyes as, oh, God, this woman is so difficult. And that is why <laughs> I got the reputation of being difficult because – I was standing up for myself in a business in which women did not stand up for themselves then. And I did. And I didn't care that they thought I was difficult because I was doing what I thought was right for me. Do you think it's gotten any better in the industry? Do you think they listen any easier to women or men are still huffing and puffing? No, no, I think they do. I mean, the last thing, uh, the last time that I worked in Hollywood was I did, um, was about just before COVID, um, I did um, the uh, American Horror Story with Ryan Murphy. And I think right, there's right, yeah, yeah. very much of a respect for women, much more so than there used oh, to be. I you mean, can Sarah tell Coulson, Ryan Murphy yeah. respects women in the way that he casts them and features them so prominently yep. in his work. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I'm hoping to do something else with him. He had said that he was going to try and find something that would be suitable for me. But in the meantime, I am going ahead with my own project, which is the last 20 years of the life of Wallace, the Duchess of Windsor. I am so interested in this. I am so interested in this. I know. Well, there's a woman who was totally blacklisted and maligned and told that she was the worst thing that ever walked. And Mm -hmm. in actual fact, I've done it enormous amount of research about her life. Yes, she was full of pep. She was outspoken. She was a strong woman at a time when there weren't many around in the 1930s. 
but it was not her who wanted him to give up the crown. Anyway, it's a completely fascinating story. It's a it's kind of a mixture of horror and glamour. Joan, yeah. before you go, I got to ask you about Playboy. <laughs> At age fifty, you talk about forty nine, uh, please. Forty nine. Forty nine. I'm sorry, forty nine. By the way, at age 49, Joan Collins appeared in Playboy. And Joan, it just wasn't two or three pages. It was a 12-page spread. Yes. So She deserved no less, Pete. <laughs> no less. The, this is why I love Joan Collins. Yes, yeah, so? What was interesting about Playboy was that I had done a million magazine covers. Not a million, but a lot. And this was the first one that I ever got paid for. Oh, amazing. Good yeah. for you. Well, the name of your well, new book is entitled Behind the Shoulder Pads, Tales I Tell My Friends, Dame Joan Collins. Thank you so much, Joan. Oh, thank you so much. This was fun. More of the Pete McMurray Show next. <laughs> 